Okay, well, great to see you again. We're uh, going through this series on radical, radical living, radical Jesus, and how he was so counter-culture, and he came to bring something new, something of the kingdom of heaven. And last week I spoke on the beautiful attitudes, the beatitudes, and how Jesus seen blessing. And as you read the last, nay, one thing on that last, what the world see is being blessed. I was poor, I was mourning, I was meek, I was humility, I was persecution. Uh, but Jesus didn't say the rich people was cursed. He says, if you find yourself in poverty, you can still be blessed. If you find yourself in mourning, you can be blessed because Jesus in your life is not a deal with balance sheets or circumstances. You can be blessed. God can cause you to smile in different circumstances. So I was just really studying through the Sermon on the Mount. And this, I spoke last week on the paradox, things, a thing that doesn't really sound right, but in closer examination is right. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the morning. And this morning I want to speak on living for the holy hush. God is big into the hidden life, life that is lived awhile for the gaze of men. If life was a theater production that people see, the hidden life is a life off the stage. And God expects us to live the Jesus life and public and awafi, the stage or life. And in fact, when we read these next passages, there's a wire following Jesus that we embrace the holy hush upon our lives. God is in the habit of hiding His people. I'm doing a few examples. God hid King David after anointing him as king. He hid him in a field looking after sheep, protecting them for the wolves, for lions and bears before he ever met Goliath. He was hidden. God hid Moses first in a basket in the Nile, and then he hid him at the backside of a desert for 40 long years before the burning bush experience and propelling him into public ministry. God hid Joseph in a pit and in prison. And God proved himself in that moment. Joseph proved himself as being faithful in that moment before he ever went to the palace. We see through the life of Daniel, amazing public ministry. We've seen the mouths of lions being quietened. But yet we see a life behind the scenes that he was a man of prayer. Three times daily he used to pray in front of his window, get down on his knees and plead before the living God. We see a man that isn't just invested in public ministry, but allows himself to be hidden. There's a few parts to the tree. There's the root system, there's the trunk system, and there's the fruit system. If it's the most important part of the tree, if the roots are bad and the roots are not getting the nutrients for a while, the trunk system and the fruit system might operate, but surely week by week, if the root system fails, the whole thing 
fails. And sometimes in church life, it can be as long as you turn up, as long as you are seen in teams, as long as you are seen at the place of prayer, then we can presume that you're living for Jesus. But yet God promotes a why. He's not against prayer meetings or public ministry, but he promotes a way that are you living for the holy hush and the quiet place in the secret place. Jesus himself, we speak out, he's our champion, isn't he? He's our savior. If we had a quiz, what did he do for the first 30 years of his life? Well, we came, we're coming into time in the nativity season. He was born in a manger in Bethlehem. There's a little story of him getting lost and his parents couldn't find him. And then he was at his father's house, I think he was about 12. Imagine losing Jesus. <laughs> losing the Savior. You've been given a job. Look after him. And you, you, you're Mary and Joseph and you turn around and say, Far is he? Oh, I've no idea. We've lost the Savior. And he was in the father's house. Apart from that, nobody really cared for Jesus did for 30 years as a carpenter's son. Anybody? There's very little record of that years. He was hidden. And then he got baptized. Spirit came upon him. Started to turn water into wine, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, heal the sick, cast out demons, public ministry, but for 30 years. So there was a hiddenness upon his life. And he's showing us how to do the Jesus life, the Yahweh life, the God life. In Matthew chapter 6, and from there on, Jesus touches on three things. And each time you will see, it says, live for the holy hush. Be satisfied that God sees the things you do in secret. I'm going to get into the scripture in a second, but I'll just touch briefly on these three things. He speaks about giving to the needy. That's our relationship with each other. Given to each other. And then he speaks about the life of prayer, which is our relationship with God. See, we've got given to the needy, our relationship with each other, humanity, our relationship with God, the benefits pertaining to our spiritual life with Him. And then he speaks about fasting, the life of fasting, living for the holy hush. If it is fasting, that's a relationship with the things of the world. The disciples couldn't have cast out a demon. And then Jesus says, some things can only happen with prayer and fasting. He wasn't just speaking about food as we think of fasting. He wasn't saying, disciples, if you missed a meal this morning, if you missed your breakfast, that demon would have come straight out. He said to the disciples, your relationship with the world is largely unchanged. But if you would withdraw from the things of the world, you surely would have had authority to cast out demons. He touches on three, these three things. This is challenging. All through the week I've been meditating on these words, and I have been mightily challenged about my attitude towards these things, about how I view other people in this light. If you've got an argument to do with what I'm about to say, Bring it up with Jesus, because these are my words. Given to the needy. See if you, I'm going to go through this first, the three things, and just 
Tell you if Jesus says netedi, and then we'll see if he says tidi. Okay? You still with me? Living for the holy hush. Giving to the needy. So chapter 6. I'm going to read for you just verse 1 and 2. Watch out. When Jesus says to watch out, for you today, watch out. Beware. Be careful. Examine this. Don't do your good deeds. He's not asking you, please, Christian, do good deeds. He's presuming that people that follow him will do fit, will do good deeds. He's not trying to twist your arm and say, you're following me now, please be, be good to people. He's saying, watch it. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others. You will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. That's strong words. That's not my words. That's for the mouth of your Savior. That's verse 1. Right, I'll go forward to chapter 6, verse 5. That's given to the needy. Don't do your good deeds to be admired by others. Prayer, verse 5. When you pray... Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth. That's all the reward you will ever get. Go forward to verse 7. This is what he says, Nehdi. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. Verse 16. And when you fast, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do. They try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth. That is the only reward they will ever get. Jesus is bringing this radical thinking or living for the holy hush. Time and again, just didn't do your giving in front of other people. Didn't just pray to be seen to pray. That's what people of other religions do. Didn't babble on and on and on. When you fast and are withdrawn from the world, then I go a bit miserable and say, look at me, I'm going through, I'm sacrificing for Jesus. Wash your face, hey, I shave, and get on with it. He uses this word hypocrite. Hypocrite, back in them days, we would see it as a, the darkest word for it. It was theater. If you were an actor, you were a hypocrite. So if you had a job in theater, you were seen as, well, it's, it's a hypocrite. So if it, Jesus is warning against this, did I mark your Christ life Theater. Then I look to be spiritual. Then I look for praise. Then I puff yourself up. And the first thing he tackles is given to the needy. Verse 2 of chapter 6. But when you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do. Blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. Verse 3. But when you give to someone 
in need. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. It's the only thing that's strong words. When you give your gifts, do it for the holy hush. Then I blow trumpets about it. The Pharisees in them day, they would do food banks. And they would announce it with the trumpets. Come all you poor, it's feeding time. Jesus isn't against food banks. But there's an attitude that exists within humanity. That even charity can feel, feed your ego. Making us feel. You ever see it when you're scrolling through your Facebook reels? You get a little rich dude, and he's out in the streets, and he's filming him helping the poor. Does that not make your skin crawl at least a little bit? Or let's video us, the rich people, giving this beggar a hundred quid, unsuspectingly. And Jesus said, please, Daddy, watch out for that attitude. Then I let your left hand know what your right hand is, is doing. It's like be pretty much unaware. Then I announce it. This is the Calvary way. This is picking up your cross. This is doing things for the holy hush. Behind the scenes. Sometimes even in public church life, we can think out with a ministry. Oh, well, that's me on a break. I'm tired because I've been at the clubs. Near the clubs, near the dancing clubs. I've been at the kids' club, I've been at the youth club, I've been doing public life ministry. Jesus isn't saying that's wrong, but he's saying be careful with it. Might there be a disconnect in your attitude that your left hand is unsure if the right hand is doing. Do in secret. Bless people in secret. Do you think your left hand and your right hand is always aware, even when you're communicating, if it's doing? Some people type with one finger. Have you ever seen them? But for us to type with one finger, people, it's just you don't need the left hand or the right hand. Hi, I'm here. Full stop. It takes a while, doesn't it? You'll never be a secretary if you're a finger, one finger, digit, typist. I'm not too bad at it, so I'm useless at IT generally. When we write in sermons, it's like, do, 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 do. I'm an expert typist. Now, the left hand has always got a cane for the right hand is D, and they work in unison together, unless you're a single digit point and typing person. You will take forever to write a sermon. You'll take forever to write a book or even a paragraph, never mind a sentence. But Jesus is saying, within the heart of the people that follow him, there's got to be secret, disconnect given. He just did it. He didn't do it until everybody else you're doing it, because that'll feed your ego. But do it because you're a Jesus follower and know this: my Father will reward me for what is done in secret. And I'm not given so that I can tell everybody else. Oh, let me tell you, they were there was a need of soup, and I went and got soup for him. And people say, "Oh, you're a real Christian." Them saying you're a real Christian and praising you up is you receiving your reward. You've got your reward. 
because humanity has given you a, a powerful clap for your good deeds. But Jesus is saying, look, do your good deeds. Do them. He doesn't say, do not do them. He says, if you do them and get your reward, it's not bad in the sense you've still helped humanity. But live for the holy hush. Watch it. Then I do your good deeds publicly. Then I do it for the admiration by others. You'll lose your reward from your Father in heaven. But give to someone in need, and when you do it, don't do as the hypocrites do. Then I blow the trumpets about it. Then I call attention to your great acts of charity. I tell you, they've received the reward. When you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private. Keep it quiet. And I wonder if it happens at that time. Because it says your father who sees everything, he will reward you. There will be a reward if your attitude is to do, I'm doing this unto God for other people. I'm not going to boast about it. I might not even tell my wife and kids about it. But I'll do it. I wonder if it happens. Does an angel write something in a book? Does a father simply remember for you have done in secret and thinks that's, that's good? They're living in the holy hush. They'll get the reward. And Jesus would go on to speak about storing up treasures in heavenly places. This challenges me. Does it challenge you? He's not saying, please do good deeds. He says, when you do it, there's a certain why. I want you, as a people of God, to follow. Because in this day and age, in public ministry and social media, it's very easy, even in church, to put our thing out there that we are doing for other people so that church gets a good name. This is what we're doing for the poor. This is what we're doing. But I pray for our people that I would be included in because this is as much for me as it is for anybody else in this room, that I walk for the limelight, I walk for the social media posts, I walk for the stage, and I walk for the programs, we would be a people that would be there for each other with thought and applause for any other person in this building. Would you love to be part of a community like that? It only really happens if we do it. We are the community. We are the believers. We are what Jesus is speaking about. This is the paradox. This is the Christ life. This is living in the holy hush. All you do, I for the limelight. And then he goes on to prayer. He's not asking you to pray. He's presuming that when you follow Jesus, you will communicate with him. Fuck ends that prayer is powerful. Prayer is necessary. It is necessary for the Christian as oxygen is for the body. Following Jesus requires a communication we have that we call prayer. It can be done at any time, at any space. And I've heard it say, well, there's no rules for prayer as long as you do it. There's no right way, there's no wrong way for prayer. But Jesus gives us a mandate for prayer 
and says, when you pray, this is really how I want you to pray. This is not my manual on prayer. This is not my theology on prayer. This is Jesus' words, how you should pray. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners, in the synagogues, where everyone can see them. When you pray, you will pray, but when you pray, this is how it's done. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. Wow! That's amazing. You could be amazing at praying publicly and people can say amen and champion you on, but unless there's a life with a holy hush, you've received a reward. Why is that? As soon as you start praying publicly for anybody that's prayed publicly, you have two things always going on in your mind. You're communicating with God and people are listening. And by the fact that people are listening, you feel as though you've got to formulate your prayers in a certain way. Am I right with that? As soon as you open your mouth publicly, even in prayer, you're thinking, how does this sound to the people that's listening? And you're trying to lift the faith in the room in your communication with God. Jesus is not against public prayer. He's not against praying with other people. We see that the place in the room is shook when the disciples decided to pray with each other. But can I just be that? There's got to be something working in the holy hush. Verse 6, when you pray, when you pray, go away by yourself. It's great that you attend a prayer meeting. It's great that you can pray as a family. But Jesus didn't say, hey, I would be really grateful that we family prayer. He says, when you pray, you go by yourself. And you can pray for your family by yourself. Go by yourself. Find a place on your own. It could be in a room. My place to pray is out in a boot. This has changed for me. It used to be in office spaces and in rooms. Now it's probably since getting a dog. It's out in a boot. It's on your own. Jesus withdrew to the wilderness places to be alone with the Father. That was the mark of spirituality, living for the holy hush. And it's at that moment that you find far you are in God, not at the prayer meeting, not in the public place, but a wife watching eyes. The holy hush. Some Christians think, just go away by myself and listen to Christian music. That's my time with Jesus. That is good. That is near your prayer life. That is you listening to some good, wholesome music. Prayer is you speaking. It's your kids. It's God feeling your heart for things. Go by yourself. 
Find a place. Mark it in your diary. Then I move it. Set your clock by it. Some people are on a routine. It has to be at this time, at this space, in this place. I'm not a big routine guy. But I have to find a place and a space within my daily routine where I can speak to God. I waffle Isabel, and I waffle my kids, and I waffle you, and I waffle watching ears and watching eyes, watching ears, listening ears, watching eyes, in a place for it's just me and Jesus. And the same is for you. It could be in your car, it could be in your lorry, it could be your out walking, come rain. Shine, wind, or calm that you have a space. Jesus says, this is how I want my people to pray and to seek my face. You'll get no reward for this for other people. And I would advise you, didn't even come for that place and tell other people about your spiritual, for God has said in that moment, and look, I'm so spiritual, I've spent three hours, and this is what happened in that moment. God says, shh. Keep quiet. I tell us all. Because even telling people about your spiritual experience can feed your ego, and feed your pride, and make you look a little bit better than you actually are. Because we'll tell people about our spiritual experiences and our prophetic words, but will you also tell them your failures and your mistakes and the things you've done that you shouldn't have really been doing, or would you just promote? I'll let you see the good side. Let me tell you what Jesus said to me in the secret place. I would say this, shh, live life in the holy hush. For Jesus says this, go by yourself, shut the door. Now I get it, there's no doors in the dunes, right? So I can't shut the door when I'm walking on the beach. So if there's no door, what did Jesus do when he was on that place? He said, us, look, just come away from everything. Come away from distraction. The worst thing you can take into your secret place is your mobile phone. I guarantee it. Because you can hear good intentions. I don't know to spend time with Jesus. I'll get the Bible up. But you can that your phone is an intention seeker. And I have found myself even on the beach intending to spend time and thinking, oh, I done. Or the message, I need to attend to that. Or I better look at their a notification on Facebook, see what they're doing. Or I better comment on them. I better check Instagram. I better, oh no. And the time is gone. And it's meant absolutely nothing between you and God. You shut the door. Find a secret place. It's just you and God. This is Jesus' model for prayer. This is not Elam's. This is the world's or Savior. Shut the door. Pray to your Father in private. You can, you can tell Him anything in private. Then your Father who sees everything, now hears everything, that would be, for we think prayer is us speaking and the Father hearing. He says, He's got to see you. His eyes will be upon you. you you've locked the door. But the Father that sees everything is looking at you at that moment, when you pray, 
Don't bubble on and on and on and on and on and on as people of other religions do. People at that time in other religions and even the day had their lusties, had their creeds, had the things they had to say before a God. You see in the, the mount that Elijah was at, they was in the cut on themselves in euphoria and they can't how to say stuff. And they can't how to say stuff a lot. But Jesus says, look, see when you come, then I babble on and on and on and on and on and on and on. This is near the power's near the amount of words. Have you ever met the people? Nobody in this room. This is other people I'm speaking about. They are just very, what would you say? They take a long time to explain a short story. <laughs> like, they could go for A, when they're looking at Nebdi in particular, they could go for A to C, and instead of going through B, they go to Z, and then Y and X, and so on and so forth. And you stand there, and you realize this could be a quicker story. Stop babbling on, would you? In, in your mind, so you're, you're too kind. You're, you're a kind Christian that doesn't say stuff like that. You're just thinking, get to the point. And Jesus says, when you come before the Father, just get to the point. Are you struggling? Get to the point. Are you in need? Get to the point. Are you in the secret place because you want something for your church? Just, just get to the point, would you? It's near that God's looking at his watch and thinking, I've got something else to do. But something that I would do with my kids, when they want something, any of my kids could come and, oh, I've been really good this week. Oh, I've been really, really good. And Isaac got a good report for the, the school. And he reminds me quite often that this year he's been a good boy and he's got a good report for the school. And he will also tell or ask my home bargains. Is home bargains open or is it closed? <laughs> the time is home bargains closed, Dad. Mine, I've been a really good boy this year. The teacher really thought I was doing good. And uh, I can't fit going on. And he didn't want to get to the point. He doesn't want to say, Dad, I want that toy. He wants to flirt about it and justify. And he wants me to say, I came for your getting at. You deserve a toy for your good report. And Heavenly Father was just like us. I walk through the theatre of life. In your roots, the hidden place, find a place for me in your life. Then I shout about it. Then I try and get an applause for it. Then I babble on. Just get to the point. And your father that sees you, he'll reward you. It's better to receive a reward for a heavenly father than it is to get the applause for men. And it's cultivating a life within us, a wife for the limelight, a wife for the platform, a wife for the stages. It's cultivating a life within us or living for the, the holy hush.
to live life simply, to give without expecting one thing in return, to give quietly is part of your worship to Jesus that satisfies the heart of the Father for you give to people in need. And because it, you do it to satisfy the heart of the Father, you're delighted to do it in secret. You're delighted to drop off and maybe you need to bake a cake and just drop off to somebody this week. And then I put on social media, I look at the cake I'm baking for them the need. Just do it. I've heard they're struggling. Bake them a cake. Buy them a pie. Pick up the phone. Message them. You wee ma? You wee ma? You think I feed nothing for you? No, you're afraid if I did, if I ring a doorbell and run a walk, because then I'll be seen. I don't think Jesus is saying, ring a doorbell and run a walk. He's saying, just do it. When you're doing your good deeds, do it. Do it to feed you and get the applause. And when you pray, do it. Now, if you pray, close the door. Cultivate a relationship with Jesus in the secret place. And pray with your family. And go to the prayer meeting. And do spiritual things. But make sure your spiritual life is not just doing spiritual things with our people. Last thing he said was this. And when you fast, not if you fast, we spoke about the relationship with our people. Do it in secret. Relationship with Jesus, in secret. When you fast, fast is your relationship with the world. How you're withdrawn for certain things. You're turning your back on things that you used to embrace because you realize they're not good for you. And Jesus said, when you do this, don't make it obvious. Then I go about saying I've turned my back on rock music. I really love rock music, but I'm turning my back on it for Jesus. And look miserable about it because you've got to listen to Christian music in the game. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their withdrawn for the world. I tell you the truth. That is the only reward they will ever get when you fast. When you're hearing moments of off of Facebook and when you feel so it's getting too much for you. When you're hearing a moment that you feel so, oh, I'm just looking for every box set on Netflix. I'm going to go with it for a while at least. When you're going with some meat and going through a vegan thing in your life thinking, right, I'm too much of a meat addict. I'm going through this moment. Then I go about miserable. Then I go about, oh, okay, look, I'm in a moment of sacrifice. Leave me alone. Comb your hair. Brush your teeth. Hair shave, men. <laughs> I'm speaking for the ladies. Look happy. Keep it a secret. Because if you try and draw attention, that's your reward. Then I'll make it obvious. Verse 18, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father, who sees everything, he'll reward you. The negative side is always, the positive side of it, Jesus was saying, if you give to the needy in secret, the father will reward you. If you pray your father in secret, stop babbling on, please, I can't get to the point, your father will reward you. 
If you're withdrawn from the world in seasons, your Father will reward you. Father wants to be amongst the people that are looking for the Father's reward and then applause for each other in the world. Jesus is speaking to his followers, and it's radical. While you live in the holy, shh, shh, that tell people, that tell people. Then I post a boot, shh. I want to Peter and I, shh. Will you recognize that your father sees you and live for the satisfaction, shh. That tell people. I be between you and Ham. Jesus leaves no stone unturned. Fit do you do the day that doesn't fit into category or your relationship with people, your relationship with God, and your relationship with the world? He's saying, You live your life with a daily attitude with this as soon as you get up, live for the holy shh, the secret place. I'll finish with this verse as the worship team comes up. This has really challenged me through the week, and I've discovered this. I'm never more than just a student in the kingdom. I've never got out together, and I've never learned enough. That I'm still learning after being a Christian for 20-some years, phase to pray. I'm still living as a Christian, learning the right way to give and the right way to the secret life. After 20 years, you think I would have learned a lot more than I have. But yet God's so patient and He's so loving. And I pray that we would examine ourselves, would be a given praying people that would do fast and well and would do it to the glory of the one who sees everything. That we did not just live for the limelight and church activities and put out there that we do, but behind the scenes there'll be a, a people like us with an attitude within us. I do it unto God. I don't need your applause. I'm happy to live through it. And it saves us for getting so proud prideful even in our generosity in our spiritual life. And it saves us for judging other people as well. Because we can think, well, I can see them do spiritual things, they must be spiritual. They are needy in spiritual things, they must be unspiritual. And if we didn't see people doing spiritual things, they might be backslidden. But because you didn't see them, they might still be spiritual. And I don't need to worry about it. That's between you and God. Your spiritual life is between you and God. Your giving life is between you and God. Your fasting life is between, between you and God. And it says me here, first the spiritual angels. Ah, see, they're doing spiritual things. First angels minister. That, they're giving. They're, they're the angels doing it right. And I need to look out and see first doing stuff. Because there might be somebody that's just doing it in the hush. in the hidden place. Do I think you shouldn't have beat the prayer meeting then? I think if you've got time in your spiritual, you should at least consider it to come because it's a good place to be. But that's neither the barometer of your spiritual life. 
Do I think we shouldn't have given to the poor publicly? I think we should, but that's not the barometer of your spiritual life. Our spiritual life, as Jesus says, is be cool with Dina in the hush. And I love this verse to round it off. It's a verse that says, He rejoices over me with singing. Your God is mighty to save. And then it says this, He quietens me with His love. Your God is mighty. He rejoices. He makes a noise over you. And He quietens you with His love. A lot of the Christ life is done in quiet. Maybe I'm just getting all in and grumpy. But I feel myself appreciating more the withdrawed life now than I used to. Oh, it's about the activity. D, 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 D. Prove yourself, prove yourself, prove yourself. I know I'm appreciating, can something? God is quiet in my ways, love. I'm okay. Gone for a walk on my own. I'm okay meeting Jesus in the secret place and shutting that door. I don't need to tell and post about that moment. I'm okay in the quiet place. For God sees. And I just want to pray for us that God would sear this word in our hearts. It's a radical word. For Christ's a radical Savior. Jesus, I pray for your people. I pray we would do life before a heavenly Father and the Holy Hush. And God, our life with limelight and praise. There will be a mark of dedication and devotion to the things of Jesus that help us through gentleness and good deeds and kindness to be there for each other, to turn up when people are in need and in grief, but to do unto God. To do unto you, help us to be quiet in that moment. To even be a disconnect within us that our right hand wouldn't even can for our left hand is Dean. We would do it swiftly, we would do it quickly. And we would move on. And forgive us for attitudes that lay within us. Attitudes of Boston and pride and even in good deeds. And God, for our prayer lives. And God, we champion praying together. And we champion praying in families and praying partners. But God, see it in our hearts that you would say that we need a personal space. 
a personal space to speak to you directly, to seek your face, and you would reward us, and we pray you'd reward us with the blessed presence of Jesus. And I pray in that moment for each and every person here would be sacred, would be holy. We would ask and receive. God says you have not received for you have not asked. God, let her be an alarm bell within our spirit when we go through a hell day without saying one word to Jesus. Convict us unto righteousness, we pray. For you are longing for a people that would know you in the secret place. And you would reward us. And God, in that moment, that moment of surrender from we're gone through, gain up the things of the world. We pray for a company of people that would smile that would look after themselves, knowing that even their surrender is a gift offering to the Father. They receive the applause of men to be put on pedestals and stages, but to live as a poor in spirit person before a heavenly Father. And God, we ask that you would do it by your mercy, by your grace. That we don't want to be phony, Jesus followers. When I want to be actors, when I want to play, play out some theater, drama production, but behind the scenes, you would see a people dedicated to you. For we ask it in the wonderful, gracious name of Jesus. And all God's people says, Amen. Amen. Are you challenged? You just want to maybe go on, be quiet. Something beautiful about it. Please, I didn't come here. Hope you didn't come here and just feel, I just got whacked with a stick of condemnation. But there is something so profound when truth hits you. And this week I've been, fit is the truth, fit is Jesus getting at. And if that's the truth, you should want it. I should want it. It's not our ideas that sets us free. You will know the, you'll know the truth. God will give us the truth. And that will bring freedom. And the purpose of speaking like us is not so you feel bad and go home feeling bad. It's so you get loosed into freedom. You get loosed into free prayer. You get loosed into free giving. You get loosed into free sacrifice. Let be done in Jesus' name. We're going to stand. We're going to give our praise and thanksgiving to Jesus. We're going to get up and take up our tithes and offerings. And God bless Abdi that gives into the storehouse of God. But let's praise Jesus with everything that he gives. This is the last song. After the last song, you can go for a walk in the dunes. And you can sing to Jesus on your end. But God still says it's good to give thanks in the midst of the assembly. So let's go for it.